Johann Brahms' Requiem includes a movement called We Have Here No Lasting Place. The entire German Requiem was his way of struggling with the grief of losing his mother. Death has always been something that I've struggled with. I think that after just about every funeral that I've done as a pastor, I've come home and said, I hate death. I hate it because of the grief I've seen on so many faces. I hate it when I think of the friends I've lost at a young age, or the friends I now have who have been told that they don't have long to live. I've held the hand of many people who have had to face the fact that they only have months or even weeks to live. Today, as I look back and look ahead, I'm thinking about the greatest arena that this world could ever hold. It's not a sports arena or that of a gladiator. It's the cemetery where your loved ones are buried. Someone said that, where the suffering is the greatest, there we will see the greatest revival. The most amazing stories we have ever heard, have come from the deepest valleys of our history. So it is, that our greatest victory in life will be over our greatest enemy. Today, Pastor Hardika shares a glimpse of true hope. I think of the Sunday when a young man walked into the sanctuary that morning. He had a brain tumor. It was cancerous and only had a short time to live. He barely made it to a chair with the help of family. We were on stage singing in worship at the time, and I remember that as soon as I saw him, it was like the whole place just lit up with the presence of God. That morning, I walked over to where he was sitting and baptized him from a cup of water. He had given his life to Christ. That morning, I think, I sensed just something of the greatness over the greatest enemy, death. As the sixth movement to Brahms' Requiem unfolds, with the symphony building and the choir fully engaged, you hear the taunt of the risen Savior. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your triumph? I had the privilege of being called upon to film the Masabi Symphony Orchestra along with three combined guest choirs directed by Russian maestro Sergei Bogza. What they performed that night was amazing, not only because of the talent, but because of the content. Brahms was grieving deeply, and he wrote the German Requiem. A Requiem is a mass that involves prayers for the dead. In concert form, it includes some of those prayers and thoughts, but Brahms wrote his Requiem composition for the living, to give perspective and hope to the living. In the sixth movement, it begins by saying that we are here on this earth for only a given season. We have no lasting place here. We don't live here forever. But then the music crescendos to a taunt of the grave. As the orchestra rises to the sounds of the rolling timpanies, the great choir declares the greatest hope of mankind. At the sound of the trumpet, the dead shall be raised. Death shall be swallowed up in victory. Grave, where is your triumph now? Death, where is your sting? As you listen to a brief clip from this recording, imagine yourself back at the all-too-familiar fresh grave of a loved family member or friend. Then as you drive away, you ponder the terrible reality that you're leaving that one behind in the ground permanently. Yet the one who holds the keys of hell and of death is going to come again. Death is not permanent. 
The dead in Christ rising again is a fact, a future event in time that is more sure than the rising sun. Instead of being captured in grief, our hearts can be captive to the fact that the last word is victory and life. pictured himself at a graveyard anticipating grief, but it could not be found. Brahms' grief was assuaged as he dreamt of the concert halls of the world being filled with the refrain of Heaven's King. The cruelty of the resurrection was crushed beneath the power of God's love, for the resurrection of Christ vanquished the greatest enemy of mankind. I was so stirred after recording this concert that I put together in portrait form Jesus standing over a cemetery, with outstretched arm towards the graves in the backyard of a little stone church in the countryside. The bodies of those who died in Christ are seen being delivered from their earthly prisons, while beams of light shine through the clouds as they ascend. Johann Brahms so hated what death had done to his heart that he allowed the truth to take over his sorrow in music. Our mourning will not merely be taken away. He will take the sorrow of every believer and turn it into joy. There won't be sorrow to compare to the joy in this greatest of arenas. Death in all its sorrow will be swallowed up in the victory of Christ. Having officiated at so many graveside services and sought words of comfort for those who were grieving, I've thought long and hard about the day my family and I part. It's always seemed somehow wrong to me that after someone we've known for years leaves this world in death, that the sun will still come up in the morning without them. Life going on with busy schedules and rush hour traffic and shopping and public events, and schools and factories, it just seems that they should all stop. Our world has been diminished by another loss. How can it go on? The other day as I drove to a job site, I was listening to this section of Brahms, and it really hit me like I've never felt it before. 
there's going to be a day that is marked on the calendar of heaven when your death and mine, your child's, your parents, your husband's or wife's is going to be overturned. Mankind has not yet experienced all that God has mapped out for this creation called earth. I was shocked at the day that the mother of two just dropped dead in her kitchen and when her husband and son would be drowned a few years later on a hunting trip, or when Judy was burned to death in the fire, when three of my best friends died, or when the beautiful teenage girl sitting on the front row in church was suddenly killed in a car accident. But neither the drowning, the heart attack, the fire, or the crash have the last word. Hope is not lost. I remember the day my reputation for calling a man who had died back from heaven was sought for. A woman asked me to come visit her dying father in the hospital. A half hour before I got there, he died. We stood there as she begged me to call him back. To her, this death was also the end of her joy and of her life. But death is not going to have the final word. As the Lord of all lords, Jesus is the truth and the life. He's alive today, and he is life. The other day I said that his lordship is more than authority to command us. He is Lord with authority over all that is against us. His absolute hope enables men everywhere to love, to worship, and serve him. As the sun compels us to come to its warmth and its light, so this hope of Christ draws us in as he reigns with the power of life itself. There is nothing in this world, in the heavens or the depths of hell, that he will not overrule to guarantee an abundant life for everyone who believes in him. Though the graves of the departed of this world are not opened yet, and though every obstacle against us has not yet been overthrown, every enemy of the peace of mankind will be overcome. Jesus is going to return to this earth, just as surely as he was seen ascending into heaven. This is the age of faith in God's grace. When he returns, faith will be replaced by a visible and complete restoration of all that is in the earth. Every promise of God will be fulfilled. It's only called a promise now, because it has not yet happened. But there is going to be another day when promises will be no more. 